Hey everyone, this is Kent, a.k.a. Dilfy Dilf, and the host of the Geoholics Podcast. We've got a very special episode on tap that I hope you'll enjoy listening to as much as we enjoyed recording it. Before we get started, I just want to take a second to thank each of you for listening, liking, and sharing the podcast on all our social media sites. We have just surpassed 4,600 listeners with new Geoholics jumping on board daily. Finally, none of this would be possible without your support and the support of our friends of the program. They are Land Surveyors United. Check them out at landsurveyorsunited.com. Bad Elf can be found at bad-elf.com. The Parkland College Survey Program. Find those guys at parkland.edu forward surveying. And last but not least, Unifly Aero Solutions. That's U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow. Let's do this. Such a great song, such a great band. Rest in peace, Neil Pert. Huge, tragic loss. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to this very special episode of The Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for geomatics professionals. As you know, we sprinkle in guests from time to time that may not be geomatics professionals per se, but provide value nonetheless. This is one of those episodes. Very excited about our guest today. That music, of course, is from the great band Rush, Limelight. Um, again, huge loss in the music industry this past week with Neil Pert's passing. So rest in peace, Mr. Pert. Thank you to Halton. Here we are at Halton Brewery today, set up in the, in the brew house. This is awesome. They have a new uh, IPA, Clear Intentions IPA. It's coming in at 8 percent abv i believe and 90 ibu i haven't had it yet but i plan to as soon as we're done recording um and they just got a new shipment in of swag so get down here check out their beer it's awesome food's amazing as well be sure to check out chicken and waffles my favorite thing on the menu so thank you to brian and the rest of the staff for allowing us to be here we have a a brief round the horn today since it's just myself and producer jake jake What's going on, man? I know you got some some I do news yeah. to share. Yeah, so we talked about how I got rear-ended a couple couple on a couple episodes ago, but today I had purchased my new car. So as of today, everything is good. It was a month to the date, December eleventh to January eleventh. Just purchased my new car, so we're good to go. So things things are looking up. Uh, twenty twenty starting off starting off good. So congratulations. That's Thank you. News. Appreciate great it. News. And you're going to help Presley purchase her new car, right? Yep, she's next on the list, so it's her turn now. She's looking good, for something. Good. So. i got to get on the new car list. Yeah, you want to join the club? I, I do. I'm going it's through not my... It's not a bad club to be in. I'm going through my second midlife crisis. Yeah? You, yeah? Yeah, my, uh, my, my wife's about ready to, uh, to kick my butt. She's like, stop looking at cars. You don't need that. Oh, yeah. I've heard <laughs> about that a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah, I got my eye on like a, a 69 Corvette Stingray. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Bear Jackson this week. I know. I don't keep me going. I'm going tomorrow. Jesus. So, by the way, I did look. Do you know what it takes to buy a car at Bear Jackson? Have you, you looked into it? Uh, no. Clue. I just I'm checked sure, it out. I, I was curious. I would assume you'd have to have X amount of dollars down, or sh- show show up with a cashier's check of some amount. Thirty thousand dollars. Okay. Yep. And you gotta you gotta like have that up front. Okay. Just to be able to bid on a vehicle, um, and then of course it's it's not cheap. I mean, so even if you win a bid on a vehicle. Then you have to pay a, like another ten percent on top of that is like a buyer's fee. 
So there's just money flying around that place. I'm sure, yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I saw that the Bullet Mustang just sold for like $3.7 million. Already today already? No, it was at Mecham actually. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, ridiculous. But I I do plan on getting out to Bear Jackson next week for sure. Uh, Safety share, short and sweet. Um, This is this is applicable to this weekend. So there's a there's a World Curling Tour event here at uh, the Coyotes Curling Club in Tempe, and. this is, this is ap- applicable to this event and any other bond spiel weekend. So this is really a weekend safety share. So here, here's, here's the advice. Don't add to the population. Don't subtract from the population. Stay out of the hospital, the newspaper, and jail. If you end up in jail, establish dominance quickly. So <laughs> words of advice for, uh, for any weekend, but particularly bond spiel weekend. So. Let's get into this, man. Our guest today, <laughs> I can't believe this. I don't. I actually don't know how I pulled this off. I guess it's just the power of maybe building value, being nice, and asking. But we have John Landsteiner with us today. John is the lead for the 2018 Men's Curling Olympic Gold Medal winning team, Schuster. John, thanks for being here, buddy. Ah, uh, thank you. Thanks for having this me. This is uh, this is super exciting. I. Uh, I consider myself a curler. I've only been doing it for about six years. Um, and quick story, I actually met my wife curling. Same. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. I proposed to her, and you've been to the club. I proposed to her on sheet B oh. at the Coyotes Curling Club. Well, congrats on that. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's cool. You met your wife curling, too. Yeah, uh, awesome. in Duluth at the College Nationals. No kidding. Yeah. So she was a curler? She was a fan? Uh, she was... She was curling with uh, her friends and uh, at her college, and they they formed a college team and and uh, you know uh, signed up for the college nationals and and my te- my friends and I we did the same and um, they were the only team that would come up and have a beer with us after. So that's so cool. So does she still curl? Like do some club curling yep. and stuff like that? Yep, we play Monday night mixed, and she you plays still do. a, a women's so league cool. on Wednesdays, and we played a mixed doubles spiel in Madison the last two years. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, let's not forget the rest of the guys in the team. So the 2018 uh, gold medal team was made up of John Schuster, the skip. Uh, Tyler George was Correct. third, right, yep. or vice. Yep. Uh, Matt Hamilton, of course, was second. And John, uh, also known as Steiner, yep. <laughs> was lead. So, John, thanks again for being here. have some questions for you. Sure. Um, I'm sure that the folks at Coyotes Curling Club are excited to have you guys here for the Golden Wrench. I know you've been here before. Yeah, we were here in 2016 and 2017, and uh, there's never any issue with coming to Arizona in January for us. So. <laughs> never an issue, absolutely. And it's uh, it's so funny. I think I sent you a message. I'm like, we're going to be in the brew house. It's a little cold in there. Might want to dress accordingly. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that was dumb. He's from Minnesota. Yeah. We think it's cold when it's like 60 degrees. So That's that's like right? a, a pretty average high for us in Duluth in the summertime. <laughs> so. But you guys are uh, unbelievable ambassadors for the sport of curling. And I mean, quite honestly, when I, when I think about it, I, I just couldn't imagine a better group of guys to, to be in the position that you guys are. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. A um, couple obvious questions. Um, this is pretty broad, but the, winning the gold medal, how, how has that changed your life? I mean, I... I can't imagine i follow you guys on facebook and i see ever since you won that gold medal i mean you're here you're there you're doing so many cool things um tell us just a little bit about it i mean what was what was the shock factor afterwards uh the shock probably didn't rub off until a couple months after um john always says john schuster always says uh 
that an Olympic gold medal, you know, the media buzz and everything on average lasts about 40 days, I think, or something. And I think ours lasted about a year. So our life really did change from the time we won to probably the beginning of 2019 and just some of the stuff that we did. And I, I can get into that if you, if you want me to, but, um, you know, we were meeting people we never thought we'd meet going to things we never thought we'd go to and, and people just congratulating us and, and, uh, some, just some really cool comments from people all over the country. Yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, follow, following or stalking you guys on Facebook, however you want to classify that. Some of the things I saw you guys, you went to the white house. Oh yeah. Went to the white yeah. house, had, had dinner. At uh, the White House, right? Just or John. Right? John went to a state dinner. John with went to a state dinner there. He's okay. quote unquote uh, president of France. <laughs> okay. Um, and, but we did do a White House visit with Team USA okay. uh, that May. Gotcha. Um, th- with that, they do a Team USA award show, uh, which we were nominated for an award, but uh, did not get that one. Um, we went to a bunch of sports events uh, Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Timberwolves, Vikings. Uh, Matt did a lot of stuff in Wisconsin because he's a uh, he's from Madison. Um, uh, you want me to keep going? <laughs> what was your, what was the thing that sticks out in your mind? Like, what was the most rewarding experience out of all those things you got to do? Ooh, that's a tough one. Were you, you got what about the? Uh, I mean, I don't know how rewarding it was, but it had to be pretty damn cool. The uh, the Winter Classic thing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny you say that. Yeah, that that is probably the top event that we went to. Seriously. Uh, so it was the outdoor hockey game in Annapolis, Maryland, I believe. Uh, we went there after a quick week in New York, um, and we got to throw the opening puck Velcro to a curling stone to center ice uh, in the pregame. And the coolest part about that was that, I swear to God, there were, say there's 40,000 people in there. Every person in that stadium knew who we were, and they were chanting USA, and it was unlike anything I think we'll ever experience again. Unbelievable. So, I mean, you just telling me that story, I got chills, so I, can, I can't even imagine the energy and just the emotion that uh, it was, was, was present at that point in time. That's insane. Yeah, it, it's, on, it's on the internet. You can watch the video, but uh, yeah, it was, it was one of the, we always repeat that one when people ask us that question. So That's awesome. And one thing I can say, and uh, again, following from afar, you guys, and this is why I think it's like you were the perfect four guys to do this. You, you remain humble through this all. And I'm sure that's challenging at times. I'm sure, you know, all these people, you know, want a piece of you and want you to be here and want you to meet this famous person and all this stuff. I mean, it's probably hard for it to not get to your head from time to time, but you guys seem to always stay grounded. And that is, you know, kudos to you guys for being able to do that. Well, I think uh, when we get invited to a lot of these things and we get that attention, we... <laughs> We just really appreciate the opportunity to, to get that kind of attention, to have people take our picture. And if you, if I don't have my medal with me today, but if you see all four of our medals, the ribbons are just disgusting because we, we let everybody touch them and hold them. And um, I see some of these other athletes with their medals on, in, on Instagram or something and they're, they're pristine, but you look at ours and we just shared that with everybody and it, it just, it's so much fun to do that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you get that question a lot, but what are you, what are you doing? With, uh, is it somewhere in your house, or do you keep it on you? What, what, what do you do with it? It's at my house, yeah. We we took it everywhere for about a year, and uh, she's been stashed up in uh You hang it up somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm so not you got to, like, professionally mount it and display it? And no, I don't know yet. if I ever will, actually. Oh, really? I, yeah, it came with a nice case. It looks, uh, it's made out of wood. I guess I don't know how to describe it, but cool. 
I don't I don't really know that I want to have it out on display. Just I'll probably yeah, true. I'd like to buy like a gun safe or something eventually and yeah, put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Not yet. Not yet. That's fantastic. Let's so let's go back to that moment. Uh the gold medal game. And this is something that I I you know I I just have I would love to know what was the conversation that was taking place before like that game winning shot. What, well, what was the emotion? What was the feeling? I mean, I, just take us back to that. Well, if you watch the that eighth end over again, both teams were kind of struggling with that line a little bit, and Sweden was trying to make a hit and roll or a draw to to get in underneath those uh, those guards, and it must have been a straight spot there or something, and and so it was kind of just back and forth and kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. And on Nick's last one, he he undercurled, I believe, and and left it open for that double. And as soon as that happened, I just remember thinking, my goodness, uh, this is a big opportunity right here. You know, I, I didn't think of it so much, I don't think, as an opportunity for the gold medal initially until maybe like 30 seconds later. But initially it was like, uh, this is an opportunity to win the game. And uh, I know me personally, uh, I went down to the other end when, when John was in the hack and I, I was like, all right, John, just this one. If, there, if you're going to make a shot, let's make this one. <laughs> and he did. God, and, man, the but, pressure. Uh, yeah, the, the, as far as the conversation, uh, excuse me, the conversation goes, you know, planning out that shot, you know, it was pretty simple, I think. Uh, make the double, and, and that that's five. So yeah. uh, it was more of just being in our routine and making sure we're not rushing and, and putting in the time to, to do what we know how to do best that we've been working on for the last four years. And, yeah. That's what we did. That's why you practice and the thousand hours that you have and played the yeah. thousands of games that you played and just for that moment. Absolutely. So the shots made and what <laughs> just just the elation, right? I mean, uh, was you you shocked at that point in time? Like, holy crap, we just won the freaking gold medal. The best way I can describe it is if you go back to watch the video, they show John after he makes it, and his eyes are the size of like baseballs, yeah. and he's just like holy crap like yeah and then, but, we just did it yeah. yeah there was about 30 seconds of that and then you can hear him as well come down to the other end and say all right guys let's recompose let's you know they're gonna keep playing yeah let's finish this out and have some fun yeah and that's what we did my god so once it was once it was over and uh you know you won the medal who who was the first person you thought of uh all my family in the in the stands we had over 80 people uh, that were in Korea with us, I think, mm-hmm. and they wow. were just going nuts. Uh, but yeah, turning around and, and seeing all of them, I think uh, my parents were there, my sister, uh, my wife, and all of her family, and, and everybody else had, had uh, you know, between 5 and 15 people there as well. It was just, that's all you could think about was looking back at them and, yeah. and uh, seeing them cheer for you. So cool, man. What an amazing moment. So did you have the, I mean, just hearing you talk, you, you probably didn't feel this, but um, when I when I watch it, when it happened, I'll be honest with you, and I'd only been curling for like three or four years at that point in time, but still, you know, my wife and I were just nerds, you know, we just anytime there's live curling on or even recorded curling on YouTube, whatever, we watch it. And um, when that happened, I'll be honest with you, I brought a tear to my eye just because of who you guys are. You know, just four average guys that just freaking won the gold medal. You know, I mean, you had the sport of curling for the United States on your back, whether you even realized it or not. And then winning the gold medal. Oh, my gosh. 
what it's done for the sport in this yeah. country. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's cool going around, going to places like here, you know, or uh, wherever. You get to see the people at the grassroots level that are actually growing the game, and they, they give us a lot of credit, but, um, you know, it, it's, it comes down to those people that, that make the game keep growing and um, I know they they're opening. Uh, they got plans for a new facility in Los Angeles right now. San Francisco's yeah. finishing theirs up. I mean, it's 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 blowing up all across the country, and that's really awesome to see. Yeah, it definitely is. And you guys are a huge part of that. Um, so you win the medal, cool. Uh, it's my understanding you win some cash. If you don't mind us asking about that, yeah. Uh, there's it's called Operation Gold, and uh, we get that every year at Worlds, except for the first year after after the Olympics, and you have to finish. Uh, top six i think or better uh so by winning the gold medal we each earned thirty-seven thousand dollars, and this was the first time it wasn't taxed by the mm, by the federal nice government question. so um yeah that that was nice that's pretty cool <laughs> nice do you care if we ask what you did with your uh your influx of cash there? yeah um i put let's see what was the number i think i put about twenty thousand into student loans <laughs> Nice. And I'm not done yet. Yeah. And then I put a down payment on my 2018 Camry that March. So I got a brand new cool. car. And nice. I, I kind of, I told my wife, like, uh, after the winning trials, I was like, so if we win gold, can I buy a new car? And uh, yeah. her, th- you know, she wanted us to win, but probably jokingly was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a new car. <laughs> and uh, uh, lo and behold, it happened. Go. Yeah, congrats. It's so awesome. And since then... I mean, you guys are traveling so much, and I, you traveled a lot be- leading up to that point. But how do you how, how do you keep track of where you do you have like um like a, I don't want to say a handler for lack of better word, but how, who who keeps track of where you need to be when and you're traveling here, traveling there? How 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 does that stuff get all coordinated? And the logistics is just unbelievable. So prior to 2018, we just we would meet in like June or July, and we would set our schedules for the curling season. And I don't even know if we wrote it down, but we, we had the list. We had we had like an Excel spreadsheet that showed every event and the dates. And then uh, most of the time, Schuster and I were the ones that set up all the travel plans, the hotels, the rental cars, all of that. And we just we figured it out. And um, the three years leading up to the Olympics, we we had funding from the USOC, uh, which was pretty minimal. I think we had twenty five thousand a year. And so me, we'll get into this, but me being a project manager at work, I was able to, and I still do this, try to find the best deals and the best whatever to meet that budget. And um, so, yeah, we, we had Excel spreadsheets leading up to then. And then once uh, we won, we were on a bus ride to Annapolis for that hockey event. And we were talking to, to a few agents and stuff and trying to figure out who we would go with, that kind of thing. And we found a, an app called Team Up. Uh, it's just a calendar you can share, and it's got different colors for each person, and we've been using that for the last two years. So, um, but uh, so we have a calendar, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But we still do all of our own rentals, wow. flights. Wow. We don't have people for that. Don't have people for that, yeah. Um, so with that, it, it costs money to do what you guys do. You mentioned you get some support from the USOC. Um, where else does some of that financial support come from? Do you have some sponsors you want to talk about? Or We do. We are Our, our big sponsor is uh, the Orleans Casino in Las Vegas. Uh, they have hosted 
the Continental Cup and a World Championship in the last five or so years, I believe. Uh, it's a great venue for curling, and people love going to Vegas in January or March or whatever. Um, so if you're, they're off the strip, I think to the west a couple miles. So if you're ever there, check it out, and um, it's a pretty awesome place. Uh, our other sponsors include. Uh, hold on here. Don't want to forget anybody. I wrote it down. Put yeah. them on the spot. Uh, Oak and Oscar, uh, they're uh, a watch company out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see if you watch Curly Night in America this this January through I think March, you'll you'll see us wearing those sweet watches. Uh, Hardline is is a has been with us since 2015. They've been great to us. Uh, some of the best brooms in the world, and and a lot of other great equipment, including shoes, gloves, and all of that. Uh, we also still uh, are sponsored with uh, Pursuit. Uh, it's a custom suit company out of Columbus, uh, Ohio. Uh, John actually went to college with the owner, so that's kind of how we got in connection with him. And, uh, of course, USA Curling is sponsored by Thorne um, and Twin Cities Orthopedics. Cool. So how does it, let's say, you've done all these cool things, and now you can say you've been on the Geoholics podcast as well. Yeah. How... Uh, <laughs> how uh, Let's say the Geoholics wanted to have their logo put on your jersey. How would that happen? Money. <laughs> <laughs> How much money? <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that All later. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. But still... Um, all this, all this time it takes to to do everything you guys do. You must work for an incredible company. Go ahead and give the give those guys a plug. I do. I work for Lake Superior Consulting out of Duluth, Minnesota. Awesome. And just real briefly, what's your job there? I'm a project engineer. Project engineer. Fair enough. And where did you go to college? I went to college at University of Minnesota Duluth. Oh, right on. Cool. Uh, and I have a bachelor's of civil engineering. Okay. Uh, with my curling schedule, it took me five years. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. so they're, I mean, man, what a great company. They're, they're allowing you the flexibility to pursue this passion. Um, was that, so obviously you were curling when you got hired by the company. Was it a conversation you had to have with your uh, your boss or whoever at the time? Like, listen, you know, I am a high-level curler. <laughs> I'm sure I had that conversation. I have no recollection of it. Yeah. Um, I've actually been through two Olympics with them now. So uh, they the, the first Olympics, uh, even my uh, my boss told me, um, like two years ago, he said, you know, you, you went through the, the Sochi games and, you know, I, I watched and I was a fan, but I didn't really understand the commitment and what that meant. And he's like, for this 2018 one, I'm like, he's like, man, this, this is the coolest thing ever. That's and awesome. we support you. And, um, actually when we came back from Pyeongchang, uh, in, at the Duluth airport, there was about 200 people there. And, uh, the owner of my company and his wife, uh, and also that guy uh, that told me that we're at the airport and awesome. they actually left groceries on our front door because oh my God. they knew we'd been gone for a month and a half. So, I mean, just some of the nicest people ever and, and a great place to, to be employed. Yeah, that's a great story. It's a great story. That's a classic Midwest story, too. I'm from Chicago. I think I mentioned that. Yep. Midwest people are just good people. Yeah. Let's face it. You know, I mean, great yeah. Midwestern values. I think you can find that anywhere, but I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Let's talk about why... Now, I know there's an uptick in, in the popularity of curling in the United States, but in my opinion, and again, I've only been doing this for a short time, but and uh, you know, I, the type of person that gets into curling, it can be anybody for sure, 
but it seems like there's a lot of people, a lot of engineers and that type of thing. It takes an analytical type mind, I think, to excel at it or to maybe become passionate about it. Do you, mm-hmm. do you agree with that? I mean, do you find that a lot, a lot of guys in, in the sport have, the, have that same kind of mindset? I do. Um, you know, I, I think anybody can play it, absolutely. But uh, I think to be very good at it, I do think that the people that excel at it uh, do have the analytical minds because there's there's so much going on. There's you're looking four or five shots ahead. Um, in competitive curling, it's easier to uh, predict what the other team is going to do, but um, you always got to have that edge, I think, and and to to have the mind where you you can make those plans and execute them is really a beneficial thing to have. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing you just said that I never even thought of. At the at the level of curling that you guys play at, it's easier to predict what the other team is going to do, whereas the level that I play at, you have no idea. <laughs> well, Aaron shot, you know, you know, you just don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, the intent is there, but you look at percentages of of competitive curlers. You know, a, a good percentage for a team in a game is probably eighty five to ninety. Ninety is excellent. Uh, and when you're shooting 85 to 90% as a team, you're making a ton of shots, right? And yeah. so then it becomes more predictable. Whereas if you're playing in a league or in a bond spiel, uh, you're probably looking at a lot lower percentage, which creates different situations that you don't expect and different angles. And it just yeah. can get more complicated. Yeah, yeah. Good point. And that's why even like when you play in the events you're playing in this weekend, I know there's some teams playing from Arizona mm-hmm. that, I mean, let's, let's just face it, they're not near the level that you guys are at. But those could be some of the more challenging teams, too, just because of what you just said. Absolutely. And you're playing against them, right? Yeah, actually, sometimes we've we've struggled with playing teams that are just, you know, a tier below us or something because we don't always know what's going to happen, and, and they might play a shot that we don't expect them to call or something. And um, you, just, you can never be ready for that sometimes, if, you know, with uh, some of the other events that we play in. And um, it can be a lot of fun, and it can also be pretty frustrating. But, yeah. you know, you... You battle it through, and at the end of the day, you you shake hands and maybe go grab a beer. Yeah, yeah, that's the wonderful thing about the sport. It's just mm-hmm. such such a great sport for so many reasons. You know, I I just wish there was a more of a youth movement in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids at a much younger age, and I'm sure at some of these other more established curling clubs, there is that here in Arizona. We're very very new. We don't have a, a youth program, um, but I mean, it's it's such a good. It, it develops character. You know, team building. Um, so many different things, mental, uh, mental awareness, ability, physical ability, uh, camaraderie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a great all around sport. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm guessing a lot of the reason it's harder to get kids around here to play is you have a lot of snowbirds that come from uh, the Midwest or, or Canada and, you know, probably are past their having kids time. Uh, but, you know, hopefully you guys can develop that. But, uh, yeah, I guess I forgot what you said. What time? What, 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 how old were you when you started curling? I started curling about eight or nine years old. Gosh, uh, the reason awesome. I remember that is uh, I started skipping catechism class around second grade. That's when you. <laughs> that's when you learn communion, yeah. and I specifically remember um, missing a few catechism classes. That's that funny. Year. So, yeah. were your parents curlers then? Yeah, my dad curled in leagues, and my grandpa, and uh, okay. my cousins, and uncle. Yep. Um, and. Yeah, uh, my dad and my grandpa would take me to, uh, there's a couple of other curling clubs within an hour of, of my hometown uh, where we'd go play in a bounce spiel, and um, that's just how it started. Yeah, yeah. So how did you, how, I, don't, I, don't, I don't this could be a lengthy story, I have no idea, but how did like Team Schuster come together? 
So I went to college at UMD because I liked curling. And I was playing juniors. You, you, you stop playing juniors at 21. Um, and John, John's about seven years older than me, I think. But he, after 2010, he decided to regroup and form a new team. Well, he ended up talking to a guy named Jared Zezel, and they were going to start playing together. And I think Jared and John kind of decided to ask me if I wanted to play. And um, I had to make a decision uh, on that, and I, I decided to play. So I've actually been playing with John since 2013, 12, 11, 2011. Yeah. And uh, so then we had that 2014 Olympic team, uh, went through the Sochi Games, whatever, played nationals, and we were done. Uh, so then what happened after that was the high performance program was created in USA curling. Um, John, myself, Matt and Tyler, the 2018 team all tried out for that program. And in some way or another, we didn't make the program. And so we all kind of came together and decided, Hey, let's throw this team together. And so our first year together, we, we had no funding and we came out and we ended up winning nationals, making worlds. And I think that year we finished fifth or something. Um, and following that, we were invited into the program as a team. And since then, we've, we've been uh, competing under the high performance program. Um, and we, I think we finished fifth, third, fourth, something. We, we made three or four world championships. Uh, and and we, we technically, I think we, we qualified... Uh, the U.S. for our Olympic spot in the men's curling. And so it just because of that, it kind of felt like we wanted to win the Olympic trials so bad because we had worked so hard to get that spot um, for the country that we thought we kind of deserved it. And But we still had to win the trials, and we were able to do that. And uh, it, was, it was just one of, of many reliefs or exciting times. Uh, throughout that four years yeah for sure now you guys have uh you have chris plies playing uh playing third yep uh so tyler retired uh he he's been curling his whole life he decided it was time to back off on competitive curling and maybe try a new endeavor and uh so we chris is from duluth minnesota he's born and raised uh he actually won a world championship in the juniors with matt in 2008 so Matt was a big proponent of getting Chris on the team, and it was it was a no-brainer. Uh, so Chris has been playing with us. This is the second year, I believe. Uh, we won the Nationals last year, and we're working our way there this year. Uh, the National Championships are uh, coming up in February in Spokane, Washington. So, is there like an adi- audition process or something like that, or how does someone how does <laughs> my how next do, question how do you how do you bring someone into a team like you guys have? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> well, I mean, team chemistry, though. I mean, it's huge, right? Oh, okay, yeah. You, so we, how, how, you it has to, to be the right that. fit. Absolutely, right? yeah. You have to consider team chemistry, you know, that what you know about their ability to play, uh, their experience. Um, but, yeah, I would I would put it 50-50. Uh, how good do you think they are at actually playing the game and, and how they're going to fit with the rest of the team? Because uh, Chris and Tyler are very different people. So our, our team dynamics are very different, whether you can see that or not. And that's just something that has to develop over time, and, sure. and we have to find ways to adjust. There's no, there's no way around that. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of part of the fun, too. So let's do uh, base team dynamics. 
when I talk, when I mention each guy on the team, give me a one word description of uh, their personality. Let's say how they how they fit into the team dynamic. Uh, so, John Schuster. Uh, I'll give you the word you had earlier: analytical, uh, vocal, um, but also those are the main two. Yeah. So when like when John's yelling. Sweep, you know, he's, he's got like this one octave that he uh, that he says about sweep, and then all of a sudden he'll raise it. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard that a couple times today. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you like have another gear that you go into at that point as far as sweeping? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> uh, it kind of depends on the situation and and the day. You know, sometimes it's just been a long day and you're just sure. like, Ugh. yeah, right, right, right. But yeah, he definitely has that extra volume. Yeah. Yep. How about Chris? What does Chris bring to the table? Uh, he's kind of a jokester, I would say. Yeah, kind of full of crap. Keeps it loose. Yeah. And well, what about Matt? I thought Matt would probably be that guy. That too, yeah. Matt is full of life. <laughs> I, I have three words for him. Yeah. <laughs> and yourself. Mustache. Yourself, how do you describe yourself? I am there. They the are voice all, of reason. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I, I guess I would say Chris is more extroverted than introverted, but um, with the 2018 team, we had three extroverts and one introvert beaten meaning me, mm-hmm. um, I choose to be that way yeah. a lot of times. I can be extroverted when I need to, but when you have that many extroverts on a team, you don't, you don't, you don't need, need to. You don't need another one. Yeah, so. exactly. I play my role, and it works. Yeah, yeah. Who's the, uh, who's the worst loser on the team? Oh, boy. It depends on the day. Really? Oh, yeah. Could nobody, be me, could be Matt, out. could be Chris. Just depends on the game and like who maybe messed up or whatever. And yeah, that guy is going to be really hard on himself. And yeah, and and actually, that's something we've been working on a lot this year is is avoiding anybody being the maddest. You know, taking it as a team loss or a team win, and and yeah. just being supportive. And that that's really important for getting through a weekend like this weekend. You know, where we just came off a loss that. Had we won that game, we would have qualified for the playoffs tomorrow. Where having lost, we now need another team to win, and if they don't win, then we have an 11 p.m. tiebreaker uh, followed by an 8 a.m. quarterfinal. So, oh boy, brutal schedule there. Yeah, it's fun. It's all part of the. <laughs> it's part of it, right? Part of the living the dream. Yeah, no doubt. Um, do you, so, do you guys uh, do you have like a sports psychiatrist or psychologist, psychologist. I guess, that you work with? Yep, uh, we have a team of coaches actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Our sports psychologist has been with the program since pretty much the beginning, I think. Uh, Dr. Carly Anderson, uh, she actually works at the U of M with the Gophers football and all of their programs. Uh, she's awesome. Um, probably, I, I give the coaching staff a big amount of credit for that gold medal because um, they helped mentally and physically and all around, you know, and uh our um, program coach right now is Phil Drobnik out of uh, Eveleth, Minnesota. And then uh, we have we are now partnered, USA Curling is, with the Twin Cities Orthopedics Training Center in Minneapolis or Egan, Minnesota, uh, on the campus of the Minnesota Vikings Training Center. So That's really cool. Um, we have a, a trainer hired just for USA Curling down there, and he, he gets us everything we need and um, just have a awesome support. So All you guys look like you're in great physical shape right now. Um, is that as a result of just like a, maybe a, a diet? I mean, I think you've always kind of maintained the same shape, but John obviously has lost some weight. It looks like Matt's lost some weight, you know, since the last uh, last season or whatever. Um, what kind of like what kind of workout, like physical workout routine, do you guys maintain? 
Uh, he's got us lifting weights uh, and doing cardio, probably weightlifting two or three times a week. Um, and whether we do it or not every day is, is you know, up to us. Uh, it's tough for the people that have full-time jobs to be as committed as some of the other ones that are younger. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would I will give you this bit of information. After winning 2018, we went on such a crazy tour that um, I don't think we had to buy a lot of food or drinks. So <laughs> a couple of LBs were added on, but we're now yeah. we're, we hit that peak, and now we're back down to the start of the next uh, quad to be working towards 2022. And yeah. um, we'll be making sure we're back into the condition we need to be. So Yeah, yeah, awesome. So what's next for Team Schuster? What are you excited about? Getting through today, <laughs> and then our uh, national Possibly championships. Tonight, yeah. yeah, I know uh, we our nationals are are coming up in a few weeks here, and um, if we win that, we go to the worlds, and that's that's our goal is to win a world championship, and those are located in Glasgow, Scotland this year. I know my our families are excited; they want to go there, so uh, I think that's more pressure than the pressure on ourselves <laughs> sometimes, yeah. but it makes it makes it fun. And uh, um, after that, I mean. So I guess I'll explain. Uh, Olympic qualification starts this year. So qualifying your country for the Olympics, like I talked about earlier, is based off of your finish at the Worlds each year. Uh, so your country earns points towards a, a tally. Uh, and I think the top six or eight, probably eight teams um, after year the Worlds in 2021 um, automatically qualify. And then there's an Olympic qualifier for the bottom two teams uh, and they have to compete against a few others to get those last two spots because there's only 10 at the Olympics. So the 2022 Olympics is, that's the direction you guys are headed? Absolutely, yep. Awesome. Uh, what's, what, so what, what's your next event after, after leaving, uh, leaving Phoenix? Nationals. Is national, where's that at? Uh, Spokane, Washington, if I'm saying that right. Yep, cool. Um, our coach, Sean, he lives in Seattle, so he's going to drive over and, We'll meet him there, and it's a grind. It's like a 10-day event, 10 games, I think, maybe up to 13 or 14, and, um, and they're 10-end games. So a, a normal <sighs> brutal a normal game uh, at a bond spiel like this weekend is eight ends, um, but at the championships, they're 10, and yeah. uh, it can be a grind. What's the – why do you think – why do they have 10-end games, just out of curiosity? Like even like when I watch curling on TV, uh, an eight-end game is a two-hour game. And then you had yeah. another couple ends. That's another thirty minutes. And then if it goes an extra end after that, I mean, I think, I don't know. Like myself, I'm pretty ADD. For me to sit down and watch three hours of curling, I got to be pretty dialed in. In ten end games, I've only done it like once. And like, yeah. a, I don't even know where the heck it was. But I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's a physical grind. People think curling is this laid back, easy, fat guy sport. It's not. I, I think it's as much a mental grind as well. Totally. And the reason for the 10 end games is, at championships, I think, is to make it, uh, I don't know, it provides more opportunities for drama and for comebacks. And in an 8 end game, a game can be over pretty quickly, or maybe not. But uh, in 10 end games, it gives teams a chance to come back if they're down, or it makes it more entertaining from that aspect. Uh, but I mean, after watching our, you know, some of our Olympic games, on replay it makes sense to me it's a big controversy right now eight ends versus ten ends and so i can't believe i'm saying i think ten ends is better but i yeah. want eight because i'm a sweeper <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh jake you got any burning questions 
I don't. I'm I'm really curious about the metal, honestly. Yeah, that's like that's, what, know. that's my thing. So you said it was like dirty. So like, is it that you're letting anyone out, anyone who wants to touch it, anyone who wants to wear it, they can wear it? I don't know a real number, but uh, I'm guessing around ten thousand people probably have touched them. Wow. Is that like a decision you made at the beginning? Like, this isn't going to be something I'm going to keep pristine. Maybe some people like to do that. I want this to be worn by people. Go around on the tour. Let everyone touch it. Everyone see it. From day one, that's what we were doing, yeah. And we, we never expected to get that dirty and how gross people's hands are. But, um, yeah, we, we kind of see it as something that is America's medal more than more than just ours, you know, and or... It's it's more of a medal that belongs to the people in the curling world, you know, that support us and watch us and cheer for us. And, you know, you, you go to our club in Duluth and, well, you probably saw the videos during the gold medal game yeah. of, of those people there at I four did. or five yeah. in the morning. And yep, I, I mean, that, that defines it right there. So, yeah. What's yeah. what's a night look like after something like that? The national anthem starts playing. You leave. What happens? You just go eat dinner and go to bed, or what? What are you doing? Good question. No, we went on a media tour until about two in the morning. Oh, jeez. So uh, right, right away, it starts right away. Yeah, after the medal ceremony, we got rushed out, and we had to go to I think the Today Show because uh, it was morning at that time, just in New York, and so they were they were literally tearing down that that setup, and we got the last interviews there. And then I think Dave Grohl called us on the way to the next one. Did he really? <laughs> from, from Brazil, yeah. No way. That's uh, so awesome. And you probably saw the Mr. T videos oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, 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 I saw that, yeah. We got to meet him in Washington when we were there. Yeah. But uh, and then we, we went, there's a mountain village and a coastal village. We got taken up to the mountains where NBC's studios are, and we just did a bunch of random stuff until one in the morning. And um, after that, we went to the USA house. There's a... Team USA house where people can go and just hang out with Americans and went there. They gave us uh, a ceremony and and you get as a gold medalist you get an Omega watch. Nice. Um, so we got that and somehow came across a bottle of bourbon or whiskey or something <laughs> and and I swear to God, uh, um, three of us like Matt, me, and Joe went back to our apartment and we just sat there and had a drink or two and until five in the morning just surfing twitter and facebook there was oh so much to see it blew up it was it was so cool uh but i know tyler and john went across the road to nuts cafe and yeah. and uh had a good time there so, so but then awesome. the next morning so i we went to bed at five had to get up at seven because our brooms were still at the arena which closed at eight oh a.m <laughs> and then we did media all day that day wow how uh, long were you there until you got to go home about a day yeah. And then you're on the plane and you're coming right back home. Yeah, three hour bus ride, plane, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, the whole nine yards, huh? Yeah. Crazy. That's a great story about Dave Grohl. So, what, is he a big curling fan? I mean, what? how, how did. I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. everybody was a curling fan a, that day. This is a great story, Dave Grohl. I mean, I love Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, of course. Um, huge fan, but to hear a story like that, I just love the guy even more. Yeah, we just we were hopped in the car to go to the next place, and uh, the CEO, Rick, at the time, had a phone call he's like hey guys i got somebody that wants to talk to you and congratulate you he's like, hey guys it's dave Grohl from brazil just wanted to congratulate you blah 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 <laughs> i'm that sure he sounds exactly awesome. like that that is awesome oh my goodness well hey john thank you again i know you got an incredibly busy schedule thanks for taking the time out to hang out with us is there anything else that uh, you want to add maybe we didn't touch on uh, i don't know nope this is uh not a curling podcast. What, 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 gotta, what do you uh, what do you think about land surveyors? Good guys. 
Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all right, yeah. I took a class once. Took a class. The summer course. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we're about wraps it up, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Thanks again, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Let's uh, not forget to thank Brian Helton, Helton Brewing Company, one more time, allowing us to be here. We'll uh, post some pictures for sure. Check out the Geoholics at thegeoholics.com. Like, follow, and share us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And download all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. One last time, Rush, Limelight, rest in peace. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com, Unifly at unifly.arrow, Bad Elf at bad-elf.com, and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.